than I'm standing there, right? Barbecue sauce on my... Welcome to episode 33 of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's the beginning of October 2018, so we'll be discussing some new comics and some news. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is my alien egg baby, Patty. Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com or One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. Leave us some feedback on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. And we want to underscore that this podcast is not kid friendly. In fact, we're barely considered adult friendly, but we try to be friendly sometimes. So we want to warn you right away that our language gets vividly explicit. We don't just use foul language, we create plenty of foul innuendo, nearly none of which is pre-planned. But I'm certain that we're going to be making some foul innuendo later, which none of you understand because you don't know how I'm spelling it. But anyway, there's your explicit content warning. How are you doing today? It seems that you're a little bit sniffly. Yeah, you're right. Wow, what a good guess. You just know me so well that you just caught that just by listening to my voice, not like you're sitting right next to me or we've spent any time over the past couple of days. Right. You like how you like how, how Patty knows me so well? Yeah. You're you're, you're <coughs> snack girl. Oh no. Yeah, thank you. Uh yeah, the past couple of days have been <laughs> have been really shitty. Just really shitty. I'm not going to get into the details, but I I am very sick right now. Lots of fluids. <laughs> lots of fluids going in and lots of fluids leaking out. Yeah, but but the show the show must go on. Uh there's literally no other time that we're going to be able to record. Um, and it, and it's, it's, it's scheduled for, for Wednesday and, uh, we're going to Comic-Con next weekend. Uh, so we're not going to have time to record then to even move the schedule back. So, so we're doing it today. Um, I'm a tough guy. I'm, I'm a big, strong man. I can brave. <laughs> this, this, this. Have you, have you heard of the man flu? Huh? Have you heard of the man flu? Uh, yeah. I think you probably, you, you showed that to me or whatever. It's like, you know, you get like some sniffles and all of a sudden big, strong man turns into like whiny little baby just laying yeah. in bed honey take yeah. care of me i'm not like that i'm not like that i am i'm always a big strong man <laughs> um okay no this is uh, th- this virus isn't gonna get me down i've been feeling like shit but you know i'm drinking my monster and that's really all i need to combat whatever's going on um oh before we actually get into it though i want to thank anyone and everyone um who tuned in to the pain in the assathon um that by the time you guys hear this is like a week and a half ago um if you tuned in if you donated if you if you shared our info with anybody if you told somebody about it uh thank you uh sincerely uh hope you hope you guys watched us and and had fun uh especially for the last half an hour which patty and i were not prepared for that we were made to play ice climbers for the nes which was a terrible experience yes (laughs) it was it was just such a bad game i mean (laughs) That and uh, Kid Icarus are just so bad. Like, why use those characters? But uh, but thank you guys. Um, we did we did actually slightly exceed the goal that we wanted to achieve. So so yeah, sincere thanks for that. Uh, but on some more important things, we're 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 going to be talking about some new comics. And the first one I wanted to start with was the Return of Wolverine number one. Because if you didn't know already, he's coming back. He is. He is. And in case you really weren't sure, even after you bought the comic book, <laughs> it says right in the opening pages, he was dead. Now he's not. What? That reminded me of that really <laughs> shitty commercial. Oh, God. I can't think of the place off the top of my head. Passages Malibu, where the oh, guy's God. like, 
I used you can trust me. I was an addict for ten years, and now I'm not. Right now, I rip people off of millions of dollars. <laughs> That's what I am. I'm a piece of shit. Uh, exactly. Yeah. All right. So anyway, onto onto Wolverine. <laughs> um, it was you know it opened up kind of kind of interesting. You know, there's there's fire everywhere and people are dead, and you kind of think Wolverine caused That's all this. That's just like a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but but you know, apparently it wasn't Wolverine that caused this. I was I was unhappy to see that a saber tooth tiger was on fire, and uh, I think uh, I think like some fucking woolly mammoth or something was on fire. So I don't know. That's what that's what this this evil company Soterra does is just light things on fire. So I guess that's gonna explain Wolverine's flaming claws. But yeah, anyway, B- Wolverine fucking you know he he just kind of like leaves after talking to this doctor. This doctor's trying to remind him that like oh no you're a hero. And, uh, surprise, surprise, Logan doesn't have any fucking memories, haven't heard that one before, <laughs> until he sees, until he sees people getting shot, and then, you know, the fucking hero comes out, and he goes back to save them. But, like, this whole setup was just really predictable. Logan's memories are fucked, uh, he, he goes to leave, but then, you know, somebody gets shot at, and then he's gotta go be the hero, and he rides back on his fucking bike. Bareback. <laughs> so there's no proof of that. <laughs> I don't think we could see his pants, or lack thereof. Anyway, yeah, and so there's this fucking doctor who, you know, starts explaining everything, so we get a nice bit of exposition. So there's a bunch of people exposing themselves in this issue, is what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so she just, this doctor just, like, explains basically what Soterra is all about, and this person, Persephone, and, um, yeah, gives us the whole deal, and... The it was all really predictable. What I thought was kind of neat was, you know, they show what you don't know at first, but I figured they were supposed to be, you know, Logan's memories. You see all these things behind the cell doors, like they're all in jail. You know, the Storm, uh, him and uh, Weapon X and Cyclops. And I thought that that was kind of neat. That was kind of a neat, like, little metaphor. Like, oh, those are his memories, but they're locked away and he's got to open the door. Um, but then, like, you know, there's this this image of Persephone, who's, like, the actual villain here and in charge of Soterra, who, you know, comes to him and, like, kisses him, and he's like, oh, what's what's this wall doing here? Or what's this door doing here? And she's like, that's not a door, that's a wall, and it's there for a reason. You don't want to look in, Logan. And I'm like, ten bucks says that in the final issue of this, he's going to get through that wall. He's going to tear down he's... that wall. <laughs> tear it down, Mr. Logachev. <laughs> He's going to fucking Kool-Aid man his way <laughs> into the room. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to see. That's what I, There you go, Charles Soule. Go back. Rewrite. All right. Anyway. It's called editing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the, the fucking, he, again, you know, Logan doesn't know who he is. So the fucking doctor, you know, tells him this little story about how she came to, how Logan came to like her village or something. And, you know, he's wearing his fucking like yellow and blue getup. And some dude in this fucking, like, this gun armor or whatever is, like, shooting at everybody. And she tells a story of, like, you know, there's, like, this yellow bird or whatever in her village. And, like, you can't take your eyes off of it. And I believe that's why you wear that costume. So evil doesn't take its eyes off of you. I don't know. It was it was silly. It was stupid. But I enjoyed it. I liked that story. It was It was a cute little story. And it sort of made sense. You know, but this doctor says that her son has been taken by Persephone. And she's a devil. And so Logan goes, yeah, then let's go meet the devil. And then just fucking end of the issue. And it was really, really lame. Did she mention why 
they're doing like experiments on on things and I believe on people. So I think that's what they're doing to her kid. They plan on like turning him into some sort of experiment. Some other doctor who was dying in the beginning revealed that like, oh, she's working on de-extinction, which I don't understand. You want to bring fucking saber-toothed tigers and fucking woolly mammoths and shit like that back? We have going to bring back the Wolverines. We too? have literally three movies about what happens when you bring Jurassic animals back to life. <laughs> I I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head. No, wait a second. Oh wait, no, there's four. What? Right? Yeah. Well, there's yeah, remakes. Four. Yeah. All right. So wait a second. Yeah. So, but were saber-toothed tigers and those fucking mammoths or whatever in the Jurassic period? I don't know. What about? I what, don't think so. What about Wolverines with flaming claws? Did they exist in the Jurassic period? You too? know what? You're right. They should. They should. You know, say okay. We tried the Jurassic period. That didn't work well. Let's pick other periods. I don't know enough about uh, the Earth <laughs> <laughs> and the different area areas, the different eras that we had. So there was uh, there was the Dark Period, right? Mm-hmm. The Dark Ages. There was uh, and then there was and a, then the Moth said, there was "Let a, there be light." That was in the beginning. That was so, in the beginning. That was in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, there was... That the, was in Gen 1. There was the, the Renaissance. That was Gen 2. With the with the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, the yeah. Guys that was the, the Ninja Gen Turtles. 2. The Ninja Turtles came from those guys. Yeah, yeah. And then there were the 60s. The yeah, 1960s. yeah. That was Gen 3. <laughs> Wait, are you using Pokemon references? Yes. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This this sto- I I thought that this this setup was really predictable and really lame. I thought it was cool how, you know, his memories were kind of like these these things locked in the cells and even though that was sort of like cliché when he lets the quote-unquote hero out first, that that was kind of cool uh and Anna's story of seeing him in her village. And I'm kind of curious obviously, but this does not have me on the edge of my seat. I feel like even though I don't know exactly what's going to happen next, None of it is going to be a surprise. I'm going to turn the page and I'm going to be like, oh, well, yeah, a fucking course. I, I, I don't know what exactly I was expecting, but something a little bit more than this, other than just like he's got to like slash through people to find this bitch and then eventually cut her head off and, you know, win anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> like this issue left such little impression of me that when I was reading the notes for this show, I was like, I don't remember any of this. I was like, did I read this? And then I got to the point with the bird and her comparing it to his costume. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember thinking that was fucking stupid. I don't remember anything else about this issue. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, my brain is just overloaded with cost accounting right now that I'm studying for the CPA. Or maybe I just don't have any fucks to give about this. Next, we're going to be talking about the Domino Annual. and So um, we're mostly going to be talking about the last story. So the first story had to do with how she basically met Outlaw and she was with Diamondback and like they became friends and that was cute. Domino's got some pretty decent uh, music taste. This is what we discovered. Uh, she hates country <laughs> and jazz. So like I can get behind that. So anyway, the last... I can't get behind all that jazz, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Good, I still got it. Don't matter all the sniffles, I still got it. She kept bringing this up throughout the issue that uh, she was going to be doing something for free and, like, she couldn't, she couldn't, like, not do it. And so it kind of made you, like, hmm, what would Domino do for free for no money? 
other than, you know, have sex with hot swole boys. <laughs> what? She loves hot swole boys. Don't refer to Warpath that way. Or Colossus, for that matter. <laughs> and Cable, they're all swole. Yeah, but, okay. But she, well, wasn't, okay. she wasn't kissing on him. Bar- and that wasn't even really her anyway in the bathtub. Barra boys. <sighs> Fucking. Barra bonds. <laughs> what, Barry bonds? Bell bonds, man? We've, we've talked about this before. <laughs> yeah, we did. They're bearer bonds. Bearer bonds. Bear, perf- bear bonds. Bear, okay. We bear bears. <laughs> My... I know, you're saying bears. Save the bears in New Jersey. I understand. My... I don't know what that has to do with accounting. My professor always pronounced it bear bonds. Right, grizzly bonds. So I would always, I, I always thought that they were called bearabons. And, <laughs> but they're, they're called bearer bonds. No, I don't believe that for shit. Every time you said it, you said bear bonds. Bear bonds. And it sounds like, it sounds like, like grizzly bear. And grizzly was part of six pack and so was domino. So we're tying it all back into this. Yeah. Issue. That's right. Got to cook these books. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, this thing that Domino is doing for free is a support group. It's called Mindfulness for Mutant Appearances. <laughs> or MMA. Or MMA. You get it? Like everybody's joke. sitting in a circle. There's Dupe, Maggot, Marrow, Thumbelina, Eyeboy, Beak. All right. Listen, listen, listen. Don't just... Don't just roll over all of them. I'm like gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, because I'm, I was, I was so excited to see that maggot was actually back. Why? Because it's mag. He can, he has a bad reputation, he's, but he's not, he's not, he's not awful. He has the stupidest power. He's not awful. It's just because people like shitting on that era of X Men, but maggot no, is fine. But uh, he did have the best line in the comic. He certainly did. Which was uh, what <laughs> we actually opened with. With him saying, so I'm sitting there, barbecue sauce on my blah, blah, blah. And yeah, he got cut off. But um, yeah, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. That was from Orange is New Black. Yeah. That was fantastic. It was also written by Leah Williams. She wrote these last quote unquote two stories, even though it was sort of one story. Oh, cool. And I, yeah, she's, she's fucking awesome. We don't we don't deserve her because she also just like brought out all of these D-list characters. And and I love seeing that. So yeah, okay, Maggot. And then Marrow, so I'm sure you were happy. And then Thumbelina. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I remember her from when I was little. And she hasn't appeared in, I don't know. She probably has not appeared in your lifetime, Patty. And that is really scary thought. Uh, iBoy, of course, because why not? Uh, obviously, Beak is back to his... Beak. Bur- <laughs> his Beak form. And he's like all upset that he used to be hot. Kylan is there from from Excalibur. That was pretty fucking. That was pretty obscure, and he's he's complaining about how people draw uh, Rule Thirty Four with him and Beast. I thought that was hilarious. And Toad is just like, I hear you with his tongue out, and I'm like, that's fucking gross. I've never googled that, and part of me kind of wants to now, but at the same time, I, I really don't. He can he can stick his tongue uh-huh. in your anus, yeah. and have it come out your mouth. Uh huh. So he can he can toss your salad and kiss you at the same time. How do you feel about that? He's gonna he's gonna just lick all the inside of your intestines. Listen, I feel like that's messed up because there's plenty on the outside for him to lick that he doesn't need to be going on the inside. All right. So we just got a whole group of group of freaks. Bling is there. Okay, so I thought that this was really important because I couldn't figure out who this was until she started talking. 
and somebody pointed out, like, why the fuck is she here? She's so hot. And it was Stacey X. Yeah. Because she lost her powers. She doesn't have the scales anymore. And even though she's sexy and stuff, she said that uh, she would, like, put on fishnets and, like, paint over it to, like, have scales again. And she didn't feel like herself anymore. And if they wanted her to leave, that she would. And, you know, Domino said that, you know, it's like a safe space and she's welcome there and she belongs there. And I thought that that was really sweet. Yeah, it was. It was. I figured it was her. I was like, you know, who's got the slick back uh, black hair and the fucking sexy dress? And I was like, that must be Stacey X. Because uh, I know she lost her powers. I didn't know if she had gained them back because I don't think she has shown up in a very long time either. Um, but I thought that that was, that was really neat because uh, this other character... Um, the character that was giving her shit about it was, her name is Briquette, and so this was really weird, because I saw her, and I'm like, I don't know who that is, but I feel like I recognize her, and so I googled her, and she only appeared in, like, two issues, uh, these issues of X Factor in the, in 1992, right around the time you were born, (laughs) these two issues came out, and I remember getting them, because I remember Larry Stroman's art, so when I saw a panel of her in the comic, I was like, oh shit, I do, remember seeing that when i was a kid i do not remember her at all yeah well no because she appeared in literally like two issues and that was it until now i just i don't know i thought it was really neat the the characters that uh leah williams decided to throw into this story and just how effective this was you know because they all do look freaky and this is something that like they have to deal with you know this is a type of thing that like you know the morlocks go through but you know, I mean, some of the Morlocks could obviously live with the X-Men, but, you know, we just saw in that issue of Iceman, uh, Madden was like, you know, we don't oh, we don't want to be X-Men. We don't want to use violence as an answer. When we live there, like, violence is going to come to us. So I don't necessarily blame them, but, you know, all of this was just really cool about, like, being positive no matter how you look. Because it ended with them doing, like, this really positive mantra and... It was like, I look exactly the way I'm supposed to. And it was it was really nice. Um, I really liked this story. It was cute. It was funny. It was really fucking positive. Yeah, and, and they were called the Rejects in the story. That was like the title of it or whatever. It was like the Rejects with an X at the end. So, ha ha, there you go. Uh, so, moving on uh, to Mr. and Mrs. X, number three. So, we find out uh, what is going on with this rogue clone. It's not actually a rogue clone. The, don't say. <laughs> it is, uh, the, the thing inside the egg is actually the genetically engineered child of Xavier and Lalandra. And I am like, bullshit. This was not genetically engineered. Charles Xavier is exactly the kind of guy who would have sex with a bird. So maybe two of his legs weren't working, but you know for damn sure that that third one was, is what I'm saying. It was when Lelandra first appeared that he could actually move his legs, but um, it was just like a psychic block preventing him from using them. But I assume that this is like, you know, like they just put it aside just in case anything happened to either of them because they weren't ready now, but like maybe in the future. But I do think that he absolutely fucked the shit out of Lelandra. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that that was weird. Genetically engineered. You know, I mean, she was she was cute. Uh, she's got telepathy, so 
you know, move the plot forward. She reads rogues and, and Gambit's minds. And all of a sudden she knows everything she needs to know about the fucking universe just from reading their minds. So then she calls herself Xandra and looks like this perfect mix of her parents. But she was cute. You know, I mean, I, I like the, 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 the artist. I think it's, I think it's cute. I think she looks cute. Yeah, I think she looks cute. I think that that makes sense that they would have a kid. Yeah. That makes more sense now as to why, like, everybody in the galaxy wanted this fucking egg and why it's worth, like, a bajillion dollars because it can end wars or start wars or whatever the fuck. So, like, Gladiator wants it and Deathbird wants it and all that shit, you know, like, for political reasons. And, like, everybody's just treating her like a pawn, but she is person yeah but it was weird you know like at the opening of the issue and you don't really know it yet because they didn't reveal this whole thing with with this xandra yet you know gladiator was acting kind of weird about like putting on some show and having oracle go let cerise teleport out and so that was that was kind of weird so i'm wondering what gladiator's real motives are because since Landra died some years ago he's he's been the one in charge as far as i know that that hasn't changed um, and yeah, like you said, absolutely, it makes sense that Deathbird would want her, want to use her as a pawn, and any anybody else like the TechNet, Deadpool, like they're all gonna get money for that, like crazy money for having the daughter of Xavier and Lalandra, who you know was the rightful ruler of the Shi'ar Empire until she got murdered and Gladiator took over. I don't know, but yeah. Anyway, I mean, this this was a this was a really fun issue. I, I really like this. Some of this seems kind of silly, but but it was a lot of fun. There's this whole, like, two-page fight just across the pages of Gambit and Deadpool fighting their way through Deathbird's ship, and it was just so cool. Kelly Thompson said on Twitter that, like, this is one of, like, the proudest things. You know, she's, she's like, so proud that she she wrote this, one of the best things that she wrote. And, um, yeah, kudos to her, but kudos to the artist, too, because it was just a lot of fun. You know, he actually, Gambit actually blows up Deathbird's stuff, and... I don't know, the Imperial Guard still manages to get Xandra. So this is like still sort of still sort of confusing. Like is 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 Gladiator gonna use her for some sort of political purpose? Like what's what's actually going on here? You know, Rogue and Gambit end up having to like go try to infiltrate the Shi'ar Empire and of course they end up getting caught. Yeah, I mean every politician is corrupt, whether in comic books or real life, so <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, you know, everybody has their own motivation for wanting this child. For wanting this, uh, this baby bird. Yeah, baby bird, do, 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 do. Um, but the, the thing is also, like, to protect herself, she went back into the egg form. Yeah, that, that confused me at first, because they didn't explain it at first. Like, they didn't show, like, her kind of snapping back into the egg. So I was, I was a little confused. But, you know, then they explained it, and it made sense. Yeah, and I mean, I assume it's like a like some kind of super space egg, you know, since uh, Lilandra's a bird, it makes sense that it's an egg. But she's not like just a regular bird; she's like a like a hybrid alien space bird. Space bird. Space bird. She's a space coast bird. to coast. Oh, Jesus Christ! So I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> so I guess this egg is strong, and I uh, hope it doesn't break <laughs> and get yolk on everybody's face. Isn't it? Isn't it just get got egg on your face? Let's not get yolk on your face. You know what? You're right. Looks like you got some yolk on your face, Patty. <laughs> right? Yep. No, I'm just kidding. Patty's got egg all over her face. That's never mind. That's what you call it. That's never mind. I make up my own things. Uh-huh. Oh, now I get what you're saying. Right? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm just I'm just I'm just yoking around with you. you know <laughs> <what I mean? laughs> no. 
I feel like, you know, this is this is kind of silly, but this is introducing somebody new. You know, now we have Xandra. Maybe she'll end up ruling the Shi'ar Empire. That might be interesting. Maybe we'll see more of her in space stories going forward. But yeah, we're kind of like in the dark as far as everybody's motivations. And what I want to know is who actually genetically engineered this baby, right? Whose orders were those and who actually did it? Because I feel like that's a pretty foul thing to do. I get it. I mean, honestly, I didn't think that it was like somebody made this baby. I was thinking that it was more like an IVF thing, you know, where they like took the egg from Lalandra and took like the sperm from Xavier and like put it together and we're just like keeping it in like a cryogenic chamber or something until they wanted to have a baby. I didn't think that it was like Mr. Sinister or something. Yeah, but uh, who would do that? What, like have the ingredients and keep it? Yeah. People do that. They like, you can freeze sperm and stuff. But why wouldn't Xavier have told anybody? You know, Orlando told anybody. Be like, listen, I fucking came into a jar this one time. <laughs> Cyclops. So listen, when, when I die, go up into space and make sure that my cum is still all right. <laughs> yeah, or uh, or like uh, you just text Magneto and be like, "Hey, if I ever die and you're thirsty for my cum, what the fuck? <laughs> here's where I keep a, a load." Oh my god! Why? <laughs> so yeah, we don't know. Uh, we don't know who did it. We don't know who did the whacking to get Xavier off into that jar. Exactly. That's what I want to know. That's, who did the whacking? It's like it's like a snake when you get the venom from them and you, you like gotta suck out the venom. You, no, no, no. You, you gotta, gotta <laughs> you you got like the little cup and it's got like plastic on it and then you just like you just like slam the snake's head into it and it bites uh, into the plastic. Listen, this and whole- then it just like seeps the venom out. And that's that's what happens. The whole time you were saying snake, I was thinking about penis. And when you said <laughs> slam it, I almost hurt myself. <laughs> that was terrifying. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, because, like, you know, you got to suck the venom out of a trouser snake. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. You know what a trouser snake is, honey? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. X-Men Blue, number 36. So this is the last issue that we're getting, and we're not getting any more. So, oh, that's what that means. You better, you better appreciate this issue because you ain't getting any more. <laughs> so, you want, you want more of this? You want more of this? You can't have this. <laughs> you can't have this. Too hot for you. <laughs> Talk about blue balls. Uh, 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 so gold, gold balls. Gold balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you like those jokes. I, I, I like I, I those got jokes. jokes. I got jokes. So um, we get a throwback to X-Men number one, which is where they had their first fight with Magneto at Cape Citadel. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was just really underwhelmed by this issue. I felt like, okay, I get that they're going to, you know, deal with sending the kids back and stuff in something else. Obviously, they weren't going to go back in this issue because, you know, they have to finish that story with Kid Cable and... <laughs> Whatever. I, I could see Marvel doing something like that. You know what I mean? With all their like little notes on the first page, like this takes place before the events of X Men number thirty nine. Yeah. This takes place after the events of New Mutants number two. Well, what the fuck? That's like thirty years. No, seriously, that would have been hilarious if Marvel just fucking kicked every reader right in the nuts and sent the kids home in this issue. 
Still just like, to- hey, kids, forget about Cute Cable. Forget about the hounds. They're just going home now. <laughs> those those other 05, those weren't your 05. Those were clones no, of the time-displaced kids. If this, if this issue was like, this story takes place before the events of extermination number five or something like that. And they just sent the kids home right here. And then like the last two issues of extermination, it's just like, these took place before the events of X-Men Blue number 36. <laughs> I would love yeah, it. Yeah, I could, I could see that happening. But um, yeah, this issue is just, <laughs> this issue is just to tie up loose ends is what they said. But like they were going about missions and fighting things that like they really didn't need to there was the thing between uh hank and raksha um what was her name nightshade uh of the raksha that's what they call right, themselves, right, right. the madripoor team right yeah so um they kissed and she said uh well tough shit you need to go back right you know all of the 05 were there this is this takes place before kid cable Stole a few of them. This take pl- this takes place before the events of X Men Blue number thirty six. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Gene and Scott kissed. It was stupid. Who was watching them? Oh, it was um, Sebastian, Sebastian Shaw. Shaw was watching them like a fucking creep. Jimmy took him out and said, "Like, oh, they deserve this." I thought that Just was really like, lame. Yeah. No, I mean, this honestly, the setup was kind of cute, and I appreciated the art. The art made it a little bit cuter. You know, pickles. Just kind of teleports Gene to Scott, and it was just it was like a cute little moment. But yeah, what ruined it was Sebastian Shaw creeping on them from the fucking bushes, and then Jimmy showing like you see like that little sliver of like Venom suit come, and I'm like, oh, who the fuck is that? You know, and then he just like slaps them and lets them kiss. It was so lame, so lame. That kind of ruined it for me. And then like okay, so there there was that like random battle with the mojo worlds with the x babies that was cool though. and i'm like what does this have to do with tying up loose ends none of this none of this has anything to do with anything i mean but that splash page was cool though that's what the, the, the mojo fight with like all it was, like, tons of x babies i don't know it was cute yeah but was i don't know i mean gene and scott basically said like oh we're we're always gonna end up together and i'm just like uh can we not i know can we not get scott back with emma already Anyway, <laughs> yeah, give give Gene a good boyfriend, mm-hmm. Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and then at the end of the issue, the new Brotherhood shows up with Marrow, my baby, and Toad and Exodus and stuff, and they're at this anti mutant demonstration because they're fucking awesome. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Like, show me more of that. Like, I don't care about your fucking tying up loose ends like whatever the fuck just just show me more of magneto's brotherhood like fucking up these bigoted fucking humans yeah and then gene's like oh we can stay around for a while yeah to like fight them or whatever and i'm just like and then they run off into battle and i'm like that's what i want to see why why a page of that why not give me 20 pages of that okay so i saw this funny thing on tumblr that was like who calls themselves the brotherhood of evil mutants and then somebody responded and said, like, you're telling me if there was a group called the Brotherhood of Evil Gays, you wouldn't join it? And he's like, <laughs> point retracted, I would totally be part of that team. Fine. So, yeah. So now I have a new appreciation for the Brotherhood. 
I I I love them. Um, they're they're the real heroes in this. They're doing actual hero work by <laughs> kicking the shit out of bigots, which is the only way to beat them. I mean, look at World War Two. You kick the shit out of some Nazis, and then they died. Yeah, that's and how it went. Down. And then boom, they're uh-huh. all dead. Yeah, that's right. There's no talking to them. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I honestly I thought that this this issue was was kind of cute and kind of fun, even though some of it was lame. X Men Blue, in my opinion, hasn't been overall that great. It certainly had its moments, but as far as like an ending goes, I didn't mind this final issue, uh, and it leads into extermination. And we're already three issues into that, by the way. So. Mm-hmm. That's why we're making fun of this, because it's it's really dumb when they do this. But I don't know, looking at this as a lead-in to extermination, I, it was it was fine. But uh, it doesn't matter now, because cause it's over. And, and you're not getting anymore. And hopefully, hopefully, we're moving on to bigger and better things. So no more phone calls in the middle of the night. You're not going to come sneak in my window in the middle of the night and get your booty calls. <laughs> Just fucking let it go. Let it go, X-Men Blue. Let it go. <laughs> And finally, we're going to talk about X-Men Gold, number 36. This is also the last issue, so you better enjoy it because you won't be getting any more. They're giving us the gold balls. (laughs) And speaking of gold balls... There was no gold balls in this. I know. (laughs) Speaking of gold balls... Speaking of gold balls... Colossus. Yeah. Uh, Wait, he's silver balls. Silver balls. Right, instead of silver, silver bells. Silver balls. Silver balls. Silver balls. We'll have to sing that around <laughs> Christmas episode. <laughs> dingling. Yeah, dingling. You know, hear you, them ring. Do you know that? Do you know that song by uh, what's his name? Chuck Berry. My dingling. My dingling. I want you to play with my dingling. That's literally a song. That's literally a song. That's actually a song. Okay. Yeah, that, that's the chorus. And and Ralph Wiggum started singing that on The Simpsons this one time for the talent show. And uh, I think it was Principal Skinner ran out and dragged him off of the stage. It was amazing. That's, it was amazing. That sounds great. We should watch that. My memory is so fucking stupid. Uh, so, so speaking of gold balls and silver balls, uh-huh. Kitty left Colossus a voicemail, which was so fucked up. Voicemail balls. He, yeah, voice. <laughs> like, this guy is such a fucking wreck. You need to give him some time. You can't just, you know, ghost him, literally, at the wedding and then expect to be friends the next day, you know? She's like, uh, she's like, uh, said something like, I I miss you. Maybe it's weird to hear me say that. Yeah, that was, that's like literally evil. That is so fucked up to do. Thank you. Like, I'm just like, male writers, right? Yeah, Mark Guggenheim. Yeah. Yeah, no, this, I, I just can't believe they're painting Kitty in this light that, like, I can understand, like, you know, some people get cold feet or change their minds of weddings or whatever. I'm glad to hear that, honey. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> but <coughs> the way that she's handling it is not okay. No, I agree. Listen. If, if she was just like, you know, if she was just like, I'm sorry, I can't do this, and then, you know, gave him some space and whatever i i don't know i no, can't no, no. it's I, just so fucked up no i i understand i understand you know it's like 
she's doing she it's like she's trying to she's torturing him but she's not trying to do it to him she's doing this for herself and in exactly that, and in that way she's being really selfish because i understand like you may have these feelings you may want to verbalize them to him but you can't you cannot do that yet you, ha- you have no right to do that yet go talk to somebody else literally any anyone else in the x-men are would be willing to listen to you you know, but not him. You don't fucking call him. I, I get what you're saying. And I didn't even think about it that much because I was just like the whole beginning of this issue was just silly, you know, but I, I sort of get it too. the overall feeling of the story because we get this Kitty Colossus thing and then we get, you know, the whole fallout of Nightcrawler and Rachel for a minute and then Storm's, you know, uh, disconnected from Stormcaster now. I was mostly upset in this whole opening was like, what about Pyro and Iceman? Because that was a thing that actually happens. Why are we not going to talk about that? Maybe because the beginning was supposed to be dealing with loss and they might still be pursuing the Iceman Pyro thing. I mean, especially because the guys that both Icemen have been with have like ghosted them. And, like, been really shitty with them. Yeah. Yeah, I hope that they pursue that because it's super cute. Yeah, I just, I'm worried that nobody's going to want to touch anything that Mark Guggenheim left open. Because he he created Ink in Young X-Men years ago. And that guy barely ever showed up until now X-Men Gold, where he was used semi-regularly. So I'm a little concerned. I know, listen, I I shouldn't want to like New Pyro since my favorite mutant is OG Pyro, but this Pyro is filling a void that I still have for OG Pyro, so shut the fuck up. Who are you to judge, first of all? Also, he's super cute. Second of all, I'm I'm worried that now that this series is over, I am never going to see either Pyro again. And and I actually want to and and actually do kind of like new Pyro and could see another writer, maybe a better one, doing something with him. I just don't feel like it's ever going to happen. I I really hope that they don't just scrap him because I think that he's great. And because they have this, like, canon thing where he hooked up with Iceman. Icy Hot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> literally no, literally your ship name. Yeah, literally uh, my ship name for them. But now that that's, like, canon, I feel like it gives other writers more reason to have to include Pyro. From now on. I'm going to talk to Leah Williams because she's the kind of woman who will make this kind of thing happen. Yeah, she's going to make she's going to make all my fantasies of men hooking up <laughs> come to life. No, I feel like if I sit down and have a serious discussion with her about about my love of Pyro and just start there, start there, give her like 10 minutes uh-huh. backstory of my love of Pyro and then lead it into new Pyro and then discuss this new Pyro and Ice. But listen, I'm going to have a whole speech prepared. I'm not going to bring a sheet with me. I'm going to have it memorized. And I'm what gonna about re- a PowerPoint? And I'm going to... Oh. PowerPoint. Extra credit. Fine. I'll put... Yes. Yes, I am that student. I'm going to put a PowerPoint. At Leah Williams, if you listen to this, <laughs> if you listen to this, I'm, I'm sorry. You and I have to talk. We have to have a, a frank discussion. Anyway, so the rest of this issue was actually actually kind of kind of interesting i i kind of like this i didn't initially until i thought about it a little bit more but basically the the whole thing with with this final issue is there's this 14 year old new mutant that is just out of control his powers just emerge these fucking this fucking energy projection he's like blowing up the entire neighborhood and the kid's name is brian morrison which i'm sure guggenheim thought he was being clever 
by combining Brian Michael Bendis and Grant Morrison and making that into Brian Morrison. He ships them. <laughs> oh, man. I wonder if they're aware of that. Uh, so, so, yeah, you know, Kitty makes this great little speech to this kid whose powers are out of control. Fine, generic speech. And then he powers down and then, bam, shot to the head. Some fucking dude with a gun just shoots him in the head. And then, you know, it everything moves really fast because the kid's going to die. Nightcrawler gets him to the hospital. The team makes it to the hospital. This fucking bigot doctor doesn't want to operate on him because he's a mutant. Oh, no. Okay. So nobody in the hospital would work with him, but that's because of all the destruction that they that he caused. And, you know, they said that, like, we can't risk an entire hospital full of patients if he can't control his powers, which I can understand. Like, you can't risk, like, hundreds of lives for one person. It's like the the um, the train scenario. Yeah, okay, but... That's, like, how I looked at it. I mean, even with, like, in the new episode of The Gifted with, you know, how Polaris is, like, a train's mutant and everything, and her powers are going haywire. I understand. I, I understand. But it was just this one doctor who said that he wasn't going to do it. And, and I see your point, but also I think of it this way. If you have, you know, a murderer, somebody just murdered, like, fucking ten people, and the cops shoot him to stop him, they're still taking that murderer to the hospital, and a surgeon is still removing the bullet and saving that murderer's life. He may go to jail for a couple of decades, say. He may get out, and he may go right back to murdering people, but they're still taking the Hippocratic Oath and saving him, regardless of the risk. Yeah, but in that case, they also have to um, handcuff them to the bed. Okay, this is like a little touchy, I guess, that I feel like... (laughs) I feel like the hospitals should have, like, power dampeners of some sort, Mm. so that in case there's, like, a murdering mutant, and you have to work on them... Either that or have it so that, like, if they're getting operated on, even if they're sedated or something, their powers don't just activate and go haywire. So it's really funny that you bring that up because that just reminded me of a story with OG Pyro. And this was after it was revealed that he had the legacy virus. He was trying to rob a bank. The cops shot him. And normally he can just melt the bullets before they hit him. But because his powers were fucked up because of the virus, the bullets hit him and they got him into the hospital. And they couldn't operate on him because he kept flaring up out of control. So guess who was at the hospital? Cecilia Reyes. And what can she do? She's got her fucking shield. So she was able to get in there and get the bullets out of him. So that's actually a really interesting point that you bring up, having the power dampeners there. I don't know what, like, the X-Men and other heroic mutants would say about that, because they'd probably be afraid that, like, that's going to get exactly. mis- misused. That's but why I, do, I said it was touchy. I do see your point. Oh, yeah, but I was just thinking, like, you were going to touch me oh, or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah? Thank you, honey. You can yeah. touch me. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, there is a doctor who comes down and says, move out of the fucking way. I'm going to do it. We're going to do it here. Mm -hmm. We don't care if this whole hospital goes on fire and 5,000 people die. Fuck him. Fuck him. This one guy. Fuck him. So important. Yes. He's never going to show up again after this. Good. Fuck those people. Uh, But but are we ever going to know? The answer is no. Because this left on a cliffhanger. Like the last page is is some of the X-Men just sitting around in the fucking waiting room like do you think he's gonna make it and then it like cuts to nighttime and they're still sitting there and uh we don't know i i actually 
kind of liked this issue, that story with this kid getting shot and then bring him to the hospital. Um, first of all, I've noticed some people complaining about Shadowcat's leadership, and I hadn't really noticed too much to dislike her leadership before this. I could be wrong. There could be something obvious. But here, when they wouldn't operate on, when the doctor wouldn't do anything for the kid, she wanted Kurt to get him to like Cecilia Reyes or get Cecilia Reyes to him. Kurt's like, I can't, I can't jump. You know, I can't, I can't jump that far and make it in time. And then fucking she turns to Rachel and it's like, Rachel, just mind control the doctor and have him do it. And Rachel's like, Kitty, I'm not fucking doing that. So this really showed like her lack of sensibility under pressure. Yeah, it really does. Part of me, like, obviously part of me is like, I don't blame her, but that's me as like a dark, cynical jackass. Like, practically speaking, the X-Men don't do that kind of shit. And so it was kind of fucked up to see her act like that just immediately. I get the urgency of the situation, but it was still fucked up. Yeah, um, I just feel like so much of this book has just been like character assassination of Kitty. And yeah, I'm not I'm not about that. I I don't feel like she would act like that. And just the way that she's acting and also the way that she looks now reminds me a lot of Maria Hill. <laughs> and uh I just I just hate her in this how she, you know, treated Colossus, how she handled this issue. Mm. And especially with telling Rachel to mind control somebody, that's yeah. like such an Xavier thing to do. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, she was taught by him, so Overall, though, I have to say that I, I liked this issue because of the uncertainty with everything that it brought up. That was like the theme throughout this issue. You know, the relationships we talked about earlier, uh, all of that uncertainty leading up into this story and it ending open that way. So in that way, it was really effective, even though Shadowcat wasn't painted in a positive light, even though some fucked up shit did happen in this issue, I did think it was interesting and an interesting end except for the very last panel when it was just the team shot every x-man who's appeared regularly in this book and it said dedicated to chris claremont like listen mark guggenheim you have the ways and means to fucking go and thank chris claremont yourself the dude is still alive if you didn't know that you can go dedicate it to him in person there's there was no need for that i thought that very last panel with the picture of all of them and the dedication was just really lame I don't think so. I thought that it was sweet. I mean, I get that. I mean, Claremont basically made the X-Men as what they are today. Uh, so I thought that was really nice of him. But I don't... I mean, okay, I kind of thought of it in the way that, like, you know, when your your cat brings you, like, a dead mouse as a present and is like, this is for you. I got this for you. And you're just like, that was nice of you. I don't want it. <laughs> Are you calling X-Men Gold number 36 a dead mouse? Yes. You're calling Mark Guggenheim a cat. Y I just yes. want to make sure that we're yeah, on record yeah, yeah. with you stating that Mark Guggenheim is a cat. Yes. <laughs> All right. Did the open ending of X-Men Blue leave you with blue balls? If so, does that mean the open ending of X-Men Gold left you with gold balls? If so, say hi to Fabio and get your mind out of the gutter, balls, while we take a quick break. Are you a geek who likes October? God, yes, I snort pumpkin spice for breakfast every day in October. Well then, Geekade.com has a treat, not a trick, for you. Every October, the staff at Geekade.com put on their spooky hats 
and create scary content throughout the entire month just for you. You'll see plenty of articles and podcasts about scary movies, TV shows, comic books, and video games. Wow, this Halloween sounds more like a geekween, eh? Eh? Make sure you check out geekade.com during the spookiest month of the year and tell us... What's your geek? Oh, party! Party! I love the X-Men, but like, here in England, I just don't know of any places to go where everyone else loves the X-Men. Honey, you sound more confused than a honey badger and a bowl of tater sauce. What you need to do is go to Facebook page One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men. Oh, a simple British boy like me can help save Wolverine and the X-Men? Probably not, sugar britches. But it's a page dedicated to loving the X-Men. With news, artwork, and sweet merchandise for sale, One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men sounds like it'll fit you like a pole cattle fit in hot pants. Totally tubular, brah. I wear hot pants whenever I go surfing off the coast of England. Head on down to Facebook and follow One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men today. Go on, you rascals. Mom's got to check on the chicken coop. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Halloween. So what, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some news, but uh, just to kind of get a little... Get into the Halloween mood a little bit. We've got a little uh, mini mutant memory as an appetizer. And by the way, before we move on, thank you to those of you who responded to uh, our question about spooky X-Men stories for the next episode that's going to come out mid-October for our normal mutant memories. Uh, We got some interesting responses. There were uh, a few that seemed to point at one thing in particular, so we might go with that. But the I'm, butt. I'm not. What? What? Did you did you say the butt? Yeah. Oh, all right. All right. I don't. All right. Fine. All right. So yeah, I'm not going to announce it yet because I might I might try to see if we can get some more responses uh, from other social media. But uh, but yeah. So thank you. I just want to thank you for those uh, those of you who responded. Um, so yeah, we've got uh, we've got just one issue that we're going to talk about now. Because it's still early in the month, and we're not quite there yet. But we're being forced to talk about Halloween stuff, so (laughs) this was my suggestion. I bought it when it came out because it had the X-Kids on the cover, and then I let Jonathan borrow it um, because he didn't buy it. So it was from Nova, Volume 5, Issue 22. It was written by uh, Jerry Duggan, and it came out two days before Halloween in 2014. Yes, I remember that. I remember you buying this and saying, like, oh, are you going to get it? I'm like, no. I feel like an idiot. I should have gotten it. Because, so, of course, I love the ex-students. Yeah. So then, you know, like, when I actually read it, I was like, oh, I can I can just let you borrow it. And you're like, I don't know. I don't want to read Nova. <laughs> and I was like, it's about the ex-kids. And you're like, Pfft. Well, okay. So to be fair, most of this issue was about the ex-kids. Yes. There were a few pages. I just skipped the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, because the few pages before... Uh, at the beginning and the few pages at the end have to deal with like dead dad or something Sam Alexander and his dad which I I'm dead dad I don't I don't care I, it's, I, okay I care about dead dad that's just fuck, <laughs> fucking mean but I don't care enough about Nova as a character especially Sam Alexander who's not the original Nova but um yeah no this was this was a really a really cute and really fun issue it's Halloween and Sam Alexander wants to go out and have fun. And Armor texts him. But it was by accident. She meant to text Speedball, which we were, Patty and I were talking about that. We don't know where that came from. Maybe it's from an issue we don't know about, didn't read, or some story we didn't hear about. But it was like, 
Were armor and speedball a thing? Yeah, I don't remember that coming up ever. We figured that maybe it was to be like, oh, hey, they were on a team together. Would you call them armor balls? I would call them armor balls. You would just call that a cup. Get it? Yes. 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 Armored yes. balls. Thank you. Ball armor. Yeah, ball armor. Cup. So uh, when he gets there and armor is like, oh, hey, um, I didn't mean to text you. Then I think it was Beast or something who yeah, was, was with like, them on the whispered. porch and whispered to her, like, invite him to hang out with you. And she's like, oh, but you can come too if you want. <laughs> so uh, they were all going trick-or-treating. And he Nova put, like, a sheet over himself to make himself a ghost. And I'm like, <laughs> he's wearing his costume. Just go in your Nova costume. Yeah, but but one of the best lines in this book was Quentin Quire coming out when he shows up on the lawn. He's like, really? You're wearing a white sheet on the lawn of a school for mutant kids? Way to go, jackass. That was hilarious. I loved it. No, but but it was great because we had, you know, some some uh, we had some trick-or-treating with some of the students and Nova. You know, obviously there was armor, but there was also Kid Gladiator, uh, Kid Apocalypse, uh, and Nature Girl. Kid Nature. Kid what? Kid Nature. Kid Girl. Kid Girl. Kid Girl was along with them. <laughs> and and Nova mentions that he liked her antler costume or something. Yeah. And uh, I think it was Gladiator or something was just like, that's just her. She just she, got horns. She's adorable. She's she is. adorable. And she was just like talking to a tree. And he's just like, what's she doing? No, she's not making it up. <laughs> he's a fucking weird guy. Nature Girl is adorable. Stop it. God. No, but so the the whole purpose of this... This little trick-or-treat story is something that surely happens uh, in real life, but has definitely happened in almost every cartoon that I ever saw Bob's as Burgers, a kid. Yeah. Where the teenagers would, like, bully the little kids right. and steal their candy on Halloween. Exactly. So, of course, Marvel had to do that. Uh, but, I'm, you know, I'm glad it was with the, with the X-Men students, because it was really... Or else we wouldn't have given a shit. Yeah, because it was, it was really cute kind of seeing them all in action. Of course, fucking Evan... Someone yells out, who are you supposed to be? And Evan says, the Halloweeners. And so fucking lame. So lame. He's like, I've been hanging around with Deadpool too much. Because wiener, right? And so, yeah, so that's why Nature Girl was talking to a tree. Because she was trying to, like, follow their trail. And when they finally catch up to the bullies, it was like this really badass panel where they all look really scary, like... Nova in his wearing his fucking white sheet in front of the moon <laughs> looks creepy as hell. Armor looks creepy. Nature Girl's eyes were like glowing. She looked fucking scary. And then of course Evan is just there as a fucking tin man. I was he like, was adorable. Dork. Listen, I I have nothing against Evan. It, it completely it makes sense to be at the fucking school because it's like, are we gonna take this kid who's gonna grow up to fucking murder the earth someday and just leave <laughs> him on his own? No, we're gonna try to make him a good boy. And we've made him a good boy, but he's still a lame good boy. So, so yeah, fucking Kid Gladiator is just standing there, and the bullies run right into his chest, and he's like, prepare yourselves for justice. No, it was awesome. It was awesome. So they get all the fucking candy back for, for the little kids, and they wrap him up in a sheet, and it says, I steal little candy from little kids, and, and Sam makes them apologize. And Kid Gladiator is like, what other teenagers can we rough up? I'm like, that... <laughs> That is my man. I hate teenagers. I hate teen and, and except for you, the listener, if you happen to be a teenager, you're all right. But man, teenagers are awful. I just wish that Quentin had joined them, but I understand completely why he wasn't there because that is not a very Quentin thing to do. But I, all in all, this was like a cute filler issue. 
Obviously, I don't know anything about the story that was going on with Dead Dad. Jesus. I just got this. I just got this for the X Men. You keep saying Dead Dad like it's NBD. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know who else was saying Dead Dad over and over? Scar. No, M- from from the movie Lion King. Oh my God! Why <laughs> would you bring that up? That was like that was like one of the last times I ever cried in a movie until we saw Logan, maybe. Oh, what about uh, that other movie? M- Listen, stop, Did Jared Leto. Before you, before stop. Stop bringing up movies that made me cry <laughs> and laughing at them. Oh, why? When did you lose your soul and become such a hardened human being? When I dyed my hair red. Oh, my God. No, it was Empath when he was fucking with Pixie. Do you remember that? He kept saying, like, dead dad. Dead dad died in a mine or something like that, trying to fuck with her. You don't remember that. Was, I don't remember it was that. Greg Lanzar. I thought it was badass because she stabbed him right between the eyes with her soul knife. It was amazing. Oh. What I'm saying is, you remind me of Empath. Wow, that's fucked up. I know that's fucked up. <laughs> saying dead dad over and over is fucked up, potty. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, continue. No, that's it. <laughs> I've said all the things I wanted to say. Okay. All right. So, moving on to some news. So we got some more teases for Ecstatics. Earlier in September, Peter Milligan tweeted, uh, for the first time in many years, I've just written some dialogue for You Go Girl. And that was awesome. Uh, On September 8th, he was like, I can't give details yet. I've probably said too much or too little in the wrong way. And so that was was it for a couple of weeks. Until, uh, was it September 21st? Michael Allred tweeted, this already unbelievably stellar day is ending even stellarer after receiving a script from Peter Milligan for a project that we've been talking about for many, many years. I can't tell you what exactly it is yet, uh, in parentheses, you can probably guess, but it's happening. So this is all but the actual confirmation. That all we're, but. All but. <laughs> that would have been a better name for All Might's arch nemesis, am I right? Yes. All Might, All yes. But. Yes, and then, and then and then and then they fuck. They and then they could have had they could have had a man baby, and named him <laughs> Butt Mite. <laughs> no, that sounds like an STD. Like, uh, does, you, yeah. you remember Karen from the bar? Yeah, yeah. You remember I slept with her? Yeah. Well, I got a case of the butt mites. <laughs> I had to go to the doctor, and they got to give me special shampoo. Oh my god, <laughs> I love it. My question, though. Is is this going to be a mini series or is this going to be an ongoing series? Maybe they'll talk about it at Comic Con this coming weekend. I was thinking that too. It is coming up, and that seems like a thing that they would announce a thing at. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All that, right, that. so we'll wait until uh, next weekend. No, we will not wait. No, I want to speculate. Okay, I want to say right. that I want to say that I hope it's an ongoing, but I have a feeling it's going to be a mini series. Because they want to see how like it sells or something. I don't know. Good speculation. I also want to say that I hope they continue to make it separate from the main X-Men books. Because uh, they did a really good job of that. There was not much crossover from from the X-Men into Ecstatics. It was very, very little. And I, I hope they keep it that way. All right. So the next piece of news uh, is in December, there is going to be X-Men The Exterminated. It's a one-shot. And basically, it's just a goodbye to Cable. And why didn't Cable get five series about him dying? 
Because we don't care about Cable as much anymore. True. Okay, so Cable's dead, and he gets one issue. But I think even the one issue is stupid. It's too much. Give him two pages. (laughs) It's just Hope crying on his grave for two pages, and that's it. That's the comic book. That's that's it. They sell they sell they sell two pages. Yeah, they've got the cover. Yeah, you know the the front the front and the back, and they've got one page inside. Yeah, that you know they got the credits on the front (laughs) with the one scene, and then you turn the page and it says the end. (laughs) And 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 on the first page it just says Cable is dead, (laughs) and then you flip it and it says he still is the end. Right? Yes. You like how I tied that into Return of Wolverine? Yes, thank yeah, you. Yeah, right? I, I could write for Marvel. I'm already a better writer than Charles Soule. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, the reason why I think this is stupid is you know he's he's going to be back. The last time he died, it was actually a little sad. Not just because he... was very sad. Because of how Hope reacted. You know, like, he, he fucking... He died and just, like, his metal arm was left behind and she's, like, curled up on the ground, like, crying, holding on to it. That was a really sad scene, but he was back two years later. He died in like 2010 and they brought him back in 2012. I'm like, this dude's a time traveler. He can come from any alternate universe fucking timeline he wants to. There are literally... But it's not the same one. There are literally 10... It's always the same one. There is no different cable. He just jumps all the fuck over the place. He'll be back in another two years. And hopefully, by then, people will care about him more so we can get a 75-part series <laughs> called <laughs> The Return of, of Cable. Semicolon, The Death of Satellite. <laughs> All right, but this this seems like it's going to sort of lead into the next piece of news, which is that X-Force is returning. Yay! Um, yeah, so so it's another, it's another solicitation for December. Uh, Ed Brisson is going to be writing, who's... Pretty good for the most part. It just says it's a launch a new X-Force series, which I'm going to assume is an ongoing, but we don't know for sure, I guess, unless I missed something. But the newly reformed X-Force, it says, will struggle with the loss of their mentor and the ramifications of the younger Cable's presence in the Marvel Universe. So we're going to see Warpath, Domino, Cannonball, Boom Boom, Shatterstar, and Deathlock, which is a weird choice. He was briefly in X-Force and then at the Jean Grey school. And they're going to go after Kid Cable. And the part of the solicitation, again, is some want his head. Some just want to talk to him to find out what the hell is going on. Is this really their Cable? Is this an imposter? Uh, so I have to say, fuck Kid Cable. I don't like him. I don't know if I'm ever going to or I'm going to warm up for him. But I'm excited for this because it's a bunch from, you know, the original X-Force. We're going to see them together again. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that. I didn't even know that we were going to be getting a new X-Force. I hope that it's an ongoing X-Force is always, you know, really good. I like one of my complaints when I started reading X-Men from the beginning is that like, (laughs) you know, uh, Cyclops was just this like Boy Scout, goody, goody two shoes. And like, you know, they wouldn't like kill any of their enemies and then their enemies would keep coming back and then killing a bunch more people. And then they're like, no, we have to be better than them. And then I found out about X-Force, and I was like, yes, this is, like, everything that I've wanted. Like, they're, they're you know, willing to do what others aren't. Yeah, like, have huge X- muscles, huge guns, beach ball-sized boobs, and right. no feet. Right. That's exactly, that, that, sound, that sounds exactly like you. That's exactly everything that I wanted. That's exactly like Patty. Literally everything. <laughs> 
Sorry. What X, were you going to say? I was going to say X-Force do what X-Men don't. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So now here's a question, though. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if anybody else has heard this yet, but uh, this isn't like I didn't put this down for the news because it's no big deal at this point. We don't have much information. But Rob Liefeld is going to be working on some big X-Men event he next is. year. So do you think you think he's going to be working on this X-Force at all? Oh, God. I what? mean, what's your, what's... probably. He's a bad artist. What? What? Where Where are you getting that information from? Who, who would have ever said anything like that, Patty? You know what? I'm, I know I'm, like, super alone on this. Everybody else on the internet loves him. That's what I'm saying. Um, you are such the lone wolf right now. I know. You are such the lone wolf cub. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to, uh, we're going to get something Liefeld-esque <laughs> next year. So, you guys, you guys got to keep waiting till next year. I know it's a long wait, but you can do it. We're not, you have to do it for Liefeld. Don't die yet. We're not getting something Liefeld-esque. We are getting full, yeah. full-on Liefeld. Full frontal full Liefeld. Full frontal Liefeld in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so moving on, there have been a couple of things that have come out. Couple of things about Dark Phoenix lately. First, that it's delayed again. First, excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> first, there was a trailer, and you know it, it it premiered really late on some late late show, which I'm assuming it premiered really late. I didn't stay up. I watched it the next morning, and I thought it was boring. And I think it's cool that we're gonna see Sophie Turner fuck up some police, some helicopters military but this this trailer did not make me excited in the least for this movie at all it feels and looks like an afterthought are we just going with the whole the phoenix is really just this bitch is crazy again you know what i mean where she's just walks around emotionless just killing people i don't i don't think we need to see that again but this the director of this movie is one of the guys that worked on the last stand when we got that god awful storyline so yeah, like, I'm still gonna go see it. I'm still kind of curious to find out more about the movie and actually go see what they're going to do with it. I'm sure there will be something enjoyable from the movie, but I'm not excited, nor did this, like, build up any of my hopes for the actual movie itself. No, I literally could not care less after I saw this trailer. The only things that I thought were interesting were the speculation immediately online about some of the characters. Because, you know, we saw this woman with very short purple hair... And a dude who looked like he could be Hispanic, maybe even a little native. And I'm thinking Arclight and Scalp Hunter, maybe. But it's already been confirmed that it's two other characters. The guy is Red Lotus, who only appeared in a handful of comics years ago. And the woman is Celine. And I'm like, like, Celine Gallo Celine? Like, fucking has been around and has been a huge thorn in the X-Men side for decades, Celine. Like, this is just going to be some fucking side character? Why the fuck would character? they throw her in there? That doesn't even make that, sense. That literally is what I'm saying. And that's what happened in The Last Stand, too. Yeah, throw in just plenty of characters who could mean something and have them do nothing. Uh, again, but this is the same same guy who directed this movie who worked on that movie. Uh, someone thought Jessica Chastain could be Lady Mastermind, and I'm like, that would be a neat nod to their original story. And it's already been confirmed by Simon Kinberg. Nope, it's not Mastermind. She's still an alien. And like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? So there's all of that. All of that nonsense. But then not two days had the trailer been out. Then we got the news all over the internet that Dark Phoenix, the movie, is now pushed back 
again, from February 14th to June fucking 7th. And I was like, fucking rafflecopter. That was just the stupidest fucking decision. Stupidest thing. Uh, why build up, like, try to build up the hype with this trailer, even though you failed, and then push it back yet a fucking again. And then announce that the Gambit movie is still moving forward. The Multiple Man movie is still moving forward. My question is, does anybody fucking care? I don't. Thank you. You're welcome. What else do you have to say? What else does Patty um, have to say? I was not excited about this in the least. I haven't been. The trailer didn't make me excited. Hearing all this stupid shit making me just think that it's going to be the biggest fucking train wreck. Every X-Men movie is bad. <laughs> um, and that's that's it. Logan was amazing. Okay, yeah, Logan was good. Every other X-Men movie was bad. Yeah, I don't think every X-Men movie was bad, obviously, but... X-Men Apocalypse was a so bad. It was a bad movie. It was the baddest. It was it was a pretty fucking bad movie. Days of Future Past horrible. I disagree with that. Okay. Uh I thought First Class and Days of Future Past Ugh. were both okay. I thought they were both all right. I'm so fucking tired of Mystique <clears throat> as a hero. Oh, agreed. I think she's going to be the one who dies. Oh, and I hate that actress too. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, I hate her. Yeah. Bitch. But I think she's going to be... So, like, they show that funeral scene, and they keep alluding to one of the X-Men dying in this movie. I think it's going to be her. I think it's actually going to be her. But I just... I just... It's just... Fox, stop. Let it go. Like, this is just such a desperate cash grab. They're trying to get whatever they can remaining from the franchise, because it's it's done. Disney's, you know, got them, and they're going to probably do something good with them. Uh, and Fox is just like, we would just want to milk all the money we can out of this, even though these movies are bad, we don't give a shit. You know, I mean, I know it comes down to money for these giant companies anyway, but at least get some people who actually fucking care, uh, and know how to write a good story and direct a good fucking movie. But, uh, moving on from that, uh, negative note, so when this airs, the second episode of the second season of The Gifted will have just premiered. For us, that hasn't happened yet, and we watched the first episode, and I thought it was an okay opener for the season. I don't think it was a particularly spectacular episode, but I thought it was an okay as an opener. I thought it was good. There were some things that were confusing, like in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Now the mom is working in a hospital, and she's, but not just she's working in a hospital, she's working in a hospital that has a secret room that was a little silly i'm like what <laughs> how did they build this that was like adam west batman like you you push the fucking button behind the book or something like, and how does game. the hospital not know that i don't know <laughs> it, it just it just doesn't make any fucking sense well so they they, and they did mention this that the dad reed he's like you know coming up with fake identities for like mutants and stuff to help him out i'm assuming that he's got fake identities for them too because everybody thinks that they're dead yeah that's that's what I pieced together for them to be able to work, but uh, but the room it was just so confusing. <laughs> I like like the entire episode. I was just like <laughs> thinking about that, thinking and I'm about just the secret room. I'm just thinking about the secret room, and I'm like, what the fuck was that? <coughs> and you're just gonna throw this secret room on us, and then just never talk about it, and never explain how you got built a secret fucking room in a hospital. This, I'm rating this episode a zero out of ten because that secret room. That's all fuck? I'm talking about. It just didn't make any sense. I hated it. That, that's all that you're getting out of me for this. Yeah. 
So don't keep secret rooms from Patty. That's right. If you've got any rooms <laughs> in your house, you better make sure that Patty is damn well aware of all of the rooms in your house. Otherwise, she's giving you a zero out of ten for friendship. That's true. Yeah. No secret rooms. Yeah, no secret rooms. All right, anyway. You know, this, uh, it was it was kind of effective because it had to kind of rebuild uh, where everybody is now, you know, from the ground up. Like, time has gone by, so, so how have things progressed since we last saw them? Not just in the span of last season to this season, but in the months that have actually passed in the show. So that was that was effective. I thought it was a really interesting introduction to the inner circle leader, uh, Riva, and how she killed every other member of the inner circle and had the cuckoos help her. That was really badass. But I guess my question is, you know, if she wants to have like, you know, a bunch of like generals around her, you know, like powerful mutants at her side, how are you just gonna have like the cuckoos and Andy and pregnant Polaris? Like, it just, I figured she'd have more, like, mutants around her, like, willing to kind of do her bidding, you know, as, like, more of a team in this inner circle. And I thought it was also interesting, too, how they've made such a big deal out of the Hellfire Club, when before the Gifted ever, you know, ever even started shooting, they were talking about this one untitled show, uh, about this, like, this family with mutants, and this other show called Hellfire that was going to focus on the Hellfire Club. And then they kind of decided to merge the two. So that's really interesting. And so far they've done a pretty effective job. But I'll see, I guess we'll see how it goes from here on out throughout the season. Because I'm assuming Hellfire Club is going to be the main focus. I'm glad that they didn't draw out Polaris's pregnancy any longer than this one episode. But now we're going to have a baby. Now we're going to have a crying, pooping baby. Yep. I hope Polaris can actually like you know, fuck up some people and not just be changing diapers all the time. There are three... That's why they have Andy. There are... What the fuck? Who, who, okay, so I remember likening him to Avalanche as far as his powers work, yeah. but now he looks like Pyro. Yeah. So, that dude Wire, who, you know, that is the name of a character in the books, but I don't in think... Alpha Flight, but he... that's not his tower. Right, like, not unless Unless he's, like, appeared... After Alpha Flight, but still, when it's not... yeah, okay, but when Alpha when he was in Alpha Flight, it was like 1992. Right. So computers weren't like a thing as much, like the internet and everything. You know, it wasn't as I don't know. Maybe he has advanced with the times. I don't know. I haven't seen him in quite a while. But his powers were basically like uh like a porcupine. He had like regular skin, but he could just like throw out all these wires, I guess, out of his body, like a like a porcupine or something. Well, I mean, I think that was just like, you know, his like his energy signature to get into the machines. I don't know if those were actual like hentai tentacles or like computer tent well, I mean if it's computer tentacles, it might very well be hentai tentacles. Yes. But yeah, I, I think that was just an energy signature. But he, he was still a, a, f- a fun character. Oh, and, I hated him. And the actor but listen, the actor did a great job. Please give him no, that. No, I didn't like him. I hated his fedora and his <laughs> neck beard, and he was just so stupid. I just, I was like, oh my god, can we please not ever see this guy again? And you know what? He's probably got some secret rooms too. He he most definitely does, <laughs> and it makes me so mad. I don't know. I thought he was kind of fun, and that it was funny. That scene was was kind of cool. But overall, it was it was a decent setup. Thunderbird and Blink are a thing now. Which I don't know what you would call it if you would call them Think or Bunderbird. How do you like? How do you like? Or Blunderbird. I don't know. 
How do you think about them? Two two sets Thunder of people. Blink. Thunder Blink. Thunder Blink. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. How do you? Yeah. I don't know. How do you feel about two sexy people being sexy together? Yeah. 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 Let's, let's have more of that. Let's have more of that. Right. Yeah. The gifted. Right. Right. So that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com, 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook, leave us some feedback on iTunes, and follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. Do you think X-Statics will return as an ongoing series or a limited series? Do you actually want to see more of Kid Cable? Join us next time when we'll be talking about new comics and some classic spooky comics. Until then... Wieners were right. Halloweeners. Hi.